You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Why true baptism is important. Generally speaking, baptism is lost in this world. It's not practiced anymore or it's not understood anymore. And if it is practiced, often it's practiced wrongly. We're going to spend a few moments opening the Bible, which we as Christadelphians believe is God's word to mankind. There are other videos on that subject on this site that you can find if you want to find more information on that. But we're going to open the Bible to consider the true understanding of baptism and its importance. Well, is baptism even important at all? Most people probably view it today as a ritual that involves water in some way or other. Perhaps they consider it a little bit out of date or maybe even not necessary at all. Well, let's open our Bibles and just see how God considers this topic. If we come over to 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, the Apostle Peter, inspired by God, is speaking about Noah's flood, a time when water covered the whole earth. But Peter says that it is a figure. It is a type. It symbolizes something else. Well, what does Peter say in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21? He says, It is the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. He says, baptism saves us. And from that first quotation that we've turned up, we start to see that it is important. Our salvation depends upon baptism. And in fact, there are a number of places in God's word where we can read that baptism is essential to salvation. Come over to Mark chapter 16, to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 16 is speaking to his disciples and he says this to them in verse 15. And he said unto them, Go go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel is the good news concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, what he accomplished in his death, and also the God's kingdom established on the earth. But Jesus says that they should go and preach this gospel message in all the world. And verse 16 he says, He that believeth this message and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We see that Jesus believed baptism to be essential for salvation. And so we can see how important a topic this is. So what is baptism? Well, in the word of God, the Bible, you will not read anywhere that the way in which the churches have adopted this practice in the sprinkling of water on an infant as being baptism. In fact, You don't even read of that in the Bible. 
For a start, what we just read in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 was, He that believeth and is baptized. An infant cannot understand the gospel, let alone believe it. The action of baptism, therefore, must be undertaken by those who have the ability to understand and believe the things concerning the, uh, the name of Jesus Christ and God's coming kingdom on earth. In fact, every person that we read of being baptised in the Bible are all adults. Come over to Acts chapter 8 where we have an example of somebody who is about to be baptised. And in Acts chapter 8, we're going to read of an uh, Ethiopian eunuch. Now the apostle Philip, he was preaching the gospel, but God said to him, go and meet this man, this Ethiopian eunuch. And we read of him in verse 27, Acts chapter 8 and verse 27. So Philip arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority and a Candice queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And so we meet an important man in Ethiopia. He's not a child without understanding, but a man that we find was actually reading God's word, the Bible, and trying to understand it. Because in verse 28, we read, He was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Now Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet. Verse 29, Then the Spirit said, and to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And Philip went up into the chariot and sat with him and started to expound Isaiah, that Old Testament prophet in the Bible to him and as he did so he showed him the gospel message the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ because in verse 35 we read then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus and as they went on their way they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water what hath hindered me to be baptized and Philip said if thou believest and we just read in Mark chapter 16 that Jesus had instructed his disciples to preach the gospel and he that believeth and is baptized should be saved. And Philip says to this Ethiopian eunuch, If thou believest, believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he, the Ethiopian eunuch, answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. We notice that they both went down into the water. And so we will find that actually baptism is a complete, Im a complete immersion in water. The word baptism itself actually means an immersion. It was used at the times of the apostles for somebody washing their clothes. And of course, you didn't just wash the top half of your clothes, or, 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 of your garment. You put the whole thing in the water. Same for the dyeing of clothes. That word was used to dye clothes different colours. Once again, you put the whole cloth in the water. The word was even used of a sinking ship 
or drowning person because of course they would be completely submerged in water. This is the way that we find baptisms performed in the Bible. Jesus himself we find. Even he went into the river Jordan to be baptised and in Mark chapter 1 verse 10 we read he coming up out of the water indicating he must have gone into the water in order to be baptised. So why is it important that we are completely submerged in water to be saved? Well it's important because of what it represents. If we come over to Romans and chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6 we have a chapter concerning baptism and what it represents. And in verse 3 we read, Romans 6 and verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptised into Jesus Christ were baptised into his death. So baptism is not simply going into water without any meaning, but when we are being baptised, we are being baptised into Jesus Christ, in particular into his death. Well, what does that mean? Well, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ declared to the world that mankind are sinners. They go and do their own thing. They go their own way, which actually is against what God wants them to do. Men and women sin. In being baptised into his death, we are agreeing with that declaration that Christ Jesus made in his death. And we are saying figuratively, we are worthy of death because we have sinned. As Romans 6 and verse 23, the last verse of this chapter says, For the wages of sin is death. God is not going to save us if we continue in the way of sin. It will lead to death and that will be the end for us. But if we are willing to acknowledge that God is right, that we are sinners, that we don't actually do what our Creator has created us for, that we have come short of his purpose that he had with us, then he is willing to save us. And we make that declaration by the way God has decreed, and that is by being baptised. And so in verse 4 we find that when we are baptised, we are baptised into Jesus' death. Verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Of course, this is figurative. We are figuratively dead. Literally, we're still alive. And so we find that baptism actually doesn't end with death. Because verse 4 continues and says, That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. Baptism is not only speaking to us of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also his resurrection, which occurred three days later. And so verse 5 carries on and explains, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Our old man, our old ways, the things that we might have used to do according to the way of sin. Our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Baptism declares 
that we agree that because of sin, we are worthy of death. But because that baptism is not a literal death for us, but a figurative one, after baptism we live. And as verse 4 says, the end of verse 4, we walk in a newness of life, in a new way of life. We have recognized and declared that God was right, and now being baptized, we try no longer to live as we did according to the old ways of sin, but instead to do those things that please him. No longer to serve sin, but to serve God. Or as verse 22 says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through baptism, through declaring God is right and trusting in his way of salvation by believing the principles that God declared in the death of the Lord Jesus, we have a wonderful hope of eternal life. Can we come to one final quotation then, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we pick up the lesson for ourselves in Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, the Lord Jesus is speaking to a multitude of people and his disciples are amongst these people. And he says something very important for us to take heed to. In Mark 8 and verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We might know that Jesus had to pick up a cross on which he then died later as capital punishment from the Romans. But when Luke records this same event in his gospel record and the words that the Lord Jesus spoke, Luke actually adds an extra detail. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, he says, Luke tells us that Jesus actually said, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. What Jesus did on the cross once, he actually did every day. He never gave in to the things of sin, but always obeyed his God. We might say he put to death sin every day in his life and was a faithful servant of God. And he asks us to do the same by being baptized into his death. In verse 35, he says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And in the context of the things we've considered briefly now, the context of baptism, we understand what he's saying. We can live our life as we want. We can continue in sin. But the end of those things is death. But if we lose our life, if we are baptized, if we die with Christ, if we take up our cross and follow him, if we give up the things which we might want to do to become the servant of God, God's gift to us is eternal life in his kingdom soon to be established upon this earth. When we think about what the Lord Jesus is asking us to do, it is a big commitment. 
It's a complete change in our way of life and thinking. But consider the question he goes on to pose in the next verse. In verse 36 he says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own life, as the word soul means? We can continue in sin. We can try and please ourselves and satisfy our desires every day. But what if today is the day our life will end? What will be the point of everything that we've done, every pleasure we've experienced, everything we've gained in this life? It will all be over. And so although it is a big commitment to give up our own pleasure-seeking and instead to be God's servant, always trying to walk in God's righteous ways, a wonderful reward awaits those that try. For as we read in Romans chapter 8, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.